You're listening to Null and Void with Tony Grundy and Andy Callahan, a For The Now media production. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Null and Void Sports Podcast. Every week we try to bring you the very best stories throughout a whole range of sports activities. We do say sport is not a matter of life and death. It's more important than that. But we also like to have a laugh as well. Tonight's full of those stories and a great guest. My name is Tony Grundy. And mine's Andy Callahan. Now, on Saturday morning, after the big storm on Friday, I forgot what the name of it was now, there have been so many, uh, I got out on Saturday morning for a run to get the paper with my first wife, Sue. She's always going to be my first wife. But anyway, uh, in the dry before it rained. That was the plan. And, and it worked beautifully. Did it work beautifully for you on your long r- walk? Um... Uh, no. Um, <laughs> basically, I, uh, I'm building up and training for the Isle of Wight uh, ultramarathon long walk, long distance walk at the end of April, 106 kilometres around the circumference of the Isle of Wight. So the plan and the training plan that I'm following this week had a 30k walk for the weekend. I knew I was going to be busy Sunday, so it had to be Saturday to get out and do it. So I thought, I know, the River Kennet is just a, uh, not even 500 metres from my front door. I can get on the footpath there, follow it out for uh, 15 kilometres, turn around and 15 kilometres back. Well, that was that was actually plan B. Plan A was to get the train to Newbury and then walk back because that would be 30 kilometres along the Kennet. There were no trains running to New. There were no trains running at all Saturday morning, and I know when our guest is on, he'll he'll talk about the fun and games he's had this last week with uh, trains, planes, and automobiles all being cancelled. So uh, yeah, so that was the first plan. Then thought, right, okay, that's not possible. Walk out along the Kennet and back. Got out to Burfield. Anyone who's familiar with the Reading area, the pub by the uh, canal there in the river, very nice pub, the Cunning Man. Yeah. Uh, by that stage, I'd had to go round, under, over or through four fallen trees across the path already. <laughs> a couple of ones where it was the balance of um, a an Olympic gymnast to stay between <laughs> the tree and the water in the canal. So got to that point and then there was one down that was just completely blocking the path so instead of turning around and going home and getting just 15 k's in and thinking okay that'll do i continued and all around green park up in reading and down through the center of reading and out to thames valley park and about 12 kilometers in the rain hit and it bucketed it down it absolutely (laughs) tipped it down i was i I watched uh, i watched it from my kitchen window yeah, I, I I saw it close up. I was out in that. And I remember walking through Green Park where near the Medeski football stadium um, and looking at there was a fisherman by the lake there under this umbrella with his water tubes on it, and he looked miserable as sin. And I remember thinking, looking and going, look at that silly prat out fishing <laughs> in this weather. And I was about five yards further on before I thought, and I bet he's looking at me thinking, look at that silly prat out walking in this weather. <laughs> <laughs> at least you had an umbrella yeah so that, that that gave you deep joy i'm sure now deep joy well you could say <clears throat> the only joy we've had from the winter olympics is in curling and are women getting the gold yeah Br- i mean brilliant yeah i mean when they looked like they were gonna be going out in the round robin stages and needed other results to go their way yeah. to turn it around completely and, and in the final they completely, well, Japan never really got a look in. Britain took it away from them. I can't remember if it was in the second or the third end and never looked back and just really pleased for Eve Muirhead, you know, fourth Olympics. She's yes. been there or thereabouts. She's medalled, but, you know, she's finally got the gold um, with a great team and, yeah, really brilliant and really pleased for them. And the men, <coughs> likewise, did a great job. Their win in the semi final was absolutely phenomenal. And then just they came up against a very good side in the final, but, you know, and knocked down into silver place. But I think they've got to be really pleased with that. It was a, a great performance by them. Quite right. I mean, that winning margin of 10-3 apparently is the biggest winning margin in a final since curling came in to the Winter Olympic sport. So uh, not, not bad. A good way of finishing silver for men's, as you say. 
I love um, watching it. I don't get at all what all the hold, sweep, 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 hold, 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 sweep, sweep, sweep. I don't I, get I what would, all that's about. I would say if I was the person over, I'd say, could you just shut up while I'm doing this bit, please? <laughs> yeah. But but anyway, what we've obviously got is the Paralympics uh, this week, and there's always great drama for that. So I look at I look out for some of the uh, action on that side as well. So it's not all over yet with the Olymp Winter Olympics. Uh, and, and the other thing I would say about the Winter Olympics is maybe it's the doomsday, but I mean, 28 million for two medals. You know, uh, the previous two games, we got five in each of them. You can't call that any kind of success. Yes, applaud what they've done in the curling. Uh, maybe I'm just being a bit mealy-mouthed about it. I don't know. But they are in the summer. They have to, anyway, review uh, that performance. I think they'd be reviewing it whatever happened but yeah no, it's, not, it's, it's not quite met the medal target they set but we've had some really good young stars coming through who've made maybe a final in their first games i think they're the ones you know if if we want to see them being successful in italy in four years time i think yeah. the funding's got to go there and look at that obviously i think the curling will be supported and uh you know having brought back two two medals from two uh for three teams, the mixed, the men's and the women's. So I think, you know, got to look at it. And yeah, there will be, will be conversations had. And I know following Tokyo and the summer games last summer, some sports have had their funding reviewed. I think it will happen. Um, there's only so much of a pot to go around, but I would be, I, you know, I would be urging them to look at it and say, where do we invest to, to, to look for the future? And, you know, I think this, Normally, historically, the uh, skeleton Bob have brought back medals. This time they run lucky, but we've got some yeah. great talent coming through in that team. So I, I would I would hope that they look at it and say, actually, let's look and invest in potential for four years. Yeah, time. and I think the other side to it, Andy, is this the grassroots level that as long as money has been put in there, whether it's curling or any of the other sports, um, because getting kids to get involved at this point now is going to be the team members of, of the future. Hmm. Talking about things successful for ladies, um, Elish McColgan. I didn't know her name, but she has a very uh, famous mum, Liz, broke Paula Radcliffe's 21-year-old half-marathon, British half-marathon uh, record. Elish uh, her time in the half marathon, and listen to this, Andy, one hour and six, sec one hour six and 36 seconds. Paula Radcliffe's, it's only minor, but 106, 47 seconds. And her mum, Liz, 107, 11. So well done, Elish. I think I'm sure your mum's very proud of you, even though you've broken her record. So, uh, yeah, That's a good performance. Done really well. I, I liked uh, Liz McColgan's uh, tweet when Eilish beat the record and said, uh, you know, yet another of my personal bests has fallen to my daughter. Over the years, as Eilish McColgan's been racing, I think she's sort of chalked off one by one of her mum's uh, records. And uh, yeah. yeah, but she said, at least this one went to a British record. So can feel a bit better about that. So apparently she still runs with her mum. Her mum still gets out and runs with her. Uh, even yeah. now, you know, obviously not quite at the pace she was when she was winning 10,000 metre gold in Tokyo in 91, but still runs with her. So, yeah, nice, nice story that though. Uh, another nice story is developing at the bottom of the Premier League because teams are picking up points. Your Newcastle team, Watford and Burnley got three points, all picked up points. And at the same time, Leeds and Everton and to a certain extent Brentford are all being dragged down into that area. It's all building up to... Are you now confident, Andy, about Newcastle? I'd never be confident as far as Newcastle are concerned. We can uh, create uh, drama and travesty out of any any situation. So uh, I'm more confident than I was this time two, two three months ago. Uh, the one that had me laughing on Saturday was the reports that apparently the West Ham captain complained to the referee because Newcastle's new striker, Chris Wood, kept making meowing noises at Kurt Zuma. 
who was marking him. So, uh, yeah, you know, you, you imagine having to be the captain and go to the ref and say, it's not fair. Tell him to stop <laughs> making cat noises. <laughs> I can imagine the referee saying, pardon? What did, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, it's, it's all, ending, all, all looking very interesting. There's so much at stake at the bottom there. And at the top, City-Liverpool, the gap is tighter between those two. Um, and there's a battle on for fourth place. We'll, we'll see. Switching tacks, though, mixed-gender golf. That's been going on for quite a while now, with, with females competing with the males, because for many, many years that just didn't happen. Hannah Green became the first woman winner of a 72-hole competition. And this was in the Tour of Australasia. Uh, she won by four shots. So well done, Hannah Green. Yeah, it's great and great to see that, you know, after years of the uh, some of the maybe the uh, the, the members of uh, golf clubs around the country and some of their uh, maybe less than uh, embracing approaches uh, to now see that actually, you know, that, that we're getting uh, female winners in these tournaments and great to see it. Yeah. Another first, women's football. Uh, and, and this is, well... Anyway, as a footballer, unbelievable to me. Michaela Moore, a defender who plays for Liverpool FC in the Women's Championship whilst playing for her country, New Zealand, versus the USA, scored a 34-minute hat-trick. And you say, well done. Well, she's a defender. The only problem was all three were own goals including a header. I can't actually clarify whether the other two, one was right foot, one was left foot for the perfect hat trick, but just suffice to tell you that she was substituted after 36 minutes. I was just wondering what the manager says as she's coming off. Uh, I'm bringing you off in case you score anymore. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's just one of those horrible games, isn't it? I, I've played in defence and managed to score own goals in, in games and, and one is a horrible feeling. So I, I dread to think how she'd be feeling after three. That's uh, I, I mean, I, yeah. I, obviously, poor, poor woman, poor girl, you know, but as a story, well, it'll, it'll take some real effort for somebody to break that record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, also coming up this next week, Six Nations. What are you reckoning? Yeah, we're, we're, we're back in. I, I'm, I'm not going to make any predictions because that's the kiss of death for any team. That we've, uh, <laughs> we've talked about that on the pod before. So, uh, But looking forward to, obviously, the big one is England-Wales. That's always a big game for uh, fans on both sides of the seven. So, uh, yeah, you know, Wales are coming up to Twickenham this year after uh, beating England at uh, Cardiff last year. It, it, I think that one... I. Even if I were wanting to put money on it, uh, I, I wouldn't want to because I think it's, that one's just too close to call. I think it will be very tight, and I, I think there'll be <laughs> there'll be less than less than four points in it, so three or four points between the two sides um, on that one. Uh, I think um, France against Scotland will be uh, a very interesting game. I think a resurgent Scotland, but that's a very good French team. So I think Scotland will really have to be on, on the they, ball. They do look that. impressive, Andy, don't they? They do look yeah. impressive. Yeah. And, and, they don't like, and they haven't done over years. They've always been a bit sort of, it depends which French team turns up. It looks like a proper team. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, the, the Sean Edwards influence there in, in coaching that, that French team, both in defence and the, the mental side of the game. I think he's uh, is great. I mean, you know, he's a, he's a gritty competitor. You saw what he did with Wales in his what 10, 11 years with the team there. So uh, yeah, I, I think that that's looking like a good side. And Ireland, Italy, I think you know, I, I can't see Italy getting much change out of that. So no. uh, so Irish fans, I apologise now for that. <laughs> so <laughs> if, it go, if it goes wrong, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poor souls. Anyway. Um, no, no actual contacts I've got this week, but just a note I'd put there. But you've had contact from London Marathon, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, to uh, normally this week would be the annual uh, London Marathon Rejection Week to let <laughs> me know that for the uh, 18th year running, 
that I've not got a place through the public ballot. Uh, they've got, got in touch today and I opened the email very excited to see that they've decided to defer um, the draw for places by another three weeks because they're still dealing with the places that had to be reallocated back in 2020. So they've had 18 months to sort that out yeah. and we're still waiting for them to resolve it. So, uh, yeah, got to wait till the 14th of March to get my annual rejection from the marathon. <laughs> we, we will report back on that. On another <laughs> point. I can't wait for the moment. Now, next up, get a grip. Andy, you've got a good one for us. Yeah. I mean, with everything that's been going on, had to turn our attention to Camilla Valieva and the situation with the uh, 15-year-old Russian uh, ice skater. Now, I'm not going to have a go at her. I think that would be totally unfair. But having seen the state <laughs> that the poor lass was in when she finished her routine, the error-strewn routine uh, last Thursday, and I think that was just, you know, the amount of pressure that she was under. I have heard some, including uh, Mrs. Callahan. Uh, mention that was it a case of in boxing parlance she'd been instructed to take a uh, a fall in the fourth um, because uh, if if she'd meddled and there was a Russian already on the podium there wasn't going to be a medal ceremony I don't think that was the case and certainly the coach's reaction as she came off the ice and the way that coach had a go I really don't think that was the case but she was allowed to compete after the Court of Arbitration of Sport ruled against reimposing a provisional ban after she had a positive drug test back in December, um, but only finding out about the positive test in February once the Olympics were underway. Uh, mainly the reason that uh, CAS, Court of Arbitration for Sport, decided to overturn that um, provisional ban was because A, she's a minor, and B, that she'd only found out about it very late in the day. And their wording was actually that they were concerned that it could cause irreparable harm, not letting her compete. I think anyone that saw her performance on Thursday and the state that the poor girl was in when she came off the ice, uh, I think, you know, and the tears afterwards would say that irreparable harm has, has been done. Oh, yeah, without any doubt at all. But moving so your messages. <laughs> well, moving away from the skater herself, you know, and this is where I apologise now because uh, this could be the point where we start to get visits um, from people that have been seen in Salisbury and dropping off uh, Novichok uh, aftershave bottles or polonium pizzas. But I think the whole thing is whole the way the whole thing has been handled is a an utter shambles and shoddily handled with hasty back and forths. How are the Russian team even there at the Olympics? After Sochi, the Winter Games in 2014, Russian athletes were banned from the Olympics, both Summer and Winter Games, after evidence of massive, widespread state-sponsored doping. Vladimir Putin has denied this and claimed that it was an anti-Russian policy by the West. Now, I'm not scared by Vladimir Putin. I think he's got other things on his plate at the moment. And I've also heard that actually it was his great, great uncle, Ras, who was the uh, more scary, apparently also the lover of the Russian queen, according to Boney M. But, uh, <laughs> but so he's denied it, claimed it's an, an anti-Russian policy by the West. WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, and the Court of Arbitration of Support have backed down and Russian athletes continue to compete, um, although be it, you know, and some of their countrymen continue to dope just under a neutral flag or the Russian Olympic Committee banner. Now they've sunk to the point where a child is testing positive for angina treatments and being left in tears at the end of a routine that she should have nailed. So to the International Olympic Committee, to the Court of Arbitration of Sport for not having banned Russia from all Olympics until they get their house in order, and to the Russian authorities, the sports federations, the coaches, the government for continuing the pharmaceutical regimes from the Iron Curtain era, I would say to all of them, get a grip. Well, if you get a rejection from the London Marathon, you'll actually be one of the nicest things you'll get over the next few weeks, I would imagine. <laughs> as, as I say, I think Vlad the Invader has got more important things on his mind at the moment. Probably right. I think Ukraine than dealing with me. 
as they say, timing is everything. So well done. Agree with every word of that. Now, why don't we speak to our first guest? Yeah, we'll raise the tone and bring in um, someone to talk to us about a sport that we've touched on, but never really talked about that much. And it is one of the Olympic sports. So our whole Olympic challenge that I know uh, friends and family have thought we'd left uh, dead and buried is being uh, resuscitated um, because we're going to talk to um, Connor Wakefield about basketball. So hi, Connor, how are you doing? Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me on, Tony and uh, Andy. No, really appreciate it. It's um, it's quite a lonely experience being a, a basketball mega fan in uh, in Wales. So it's it's a great <laughs> refuge to be able to come on and, and talk to anyone who wants to listen. Really, I mean yeah. that that leads us into our first question, probably Connor. And so, how 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 did you you know in Barry Island get into <laughs> basketball? Exactly how? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, so it, it is quite um, coincidental, really. Um, I mean, it's, so in, in my childhood, I didn't really um, gravitate towards many sports. So there was a li- little bit of time where I, I really liked football, um, probably because, you know, all the other kids in the playground liked it. Um, so basically, I, I think what had happened is um, I, I get really obsessed by things, really. Um, and I, I found myself really obsessed with, with heights. So I'd, I'd you know, open up the Guinness Book of Records. I'd see someone who's like bloody eight feet tall. And I'm like, my, my goodness, that's amazing. Um, so, of course, I do a lot of frantic Googling then. Um, and, of course, a lot of people who are really tall are in the NBA. So um, I'd, I'd be keeping up with people like Yao Ming, you know, like the, the, the world's tallest athlete at the time and things like that. And I, I found myself just a lot of the name sticking um and then one day um and this was quite a bit later so um it's probably about about uh 17 something like that um my little brother had a had a new video game and it was a basketball video game and i, I just recognized so many of the the players from like history and things like that and i felt thought you know what this is actually a sport i could get on board with so i, I watched a few games um and then about two months later I just knew every single name in the sport um people knew I had this new obsession and and nowadays I'm, I'm pretty much known for being just completely obsessed with basketball um and I actually picked up playing it as well so I, I played it a little bit in, in uni as well um because I, I was just so interested yeah Connor you're sitting down there how tall are you I'm I'm six foot two um, uh, so so that, that that's generally the the size that um the average center would play in in a, a game of pickup in in the uk but um I, I think in the bbl um which is our basketball league the british basketball league um mo- most centers are around six foot six actually which is which is completely different to you know the nba where where the average size for a center is six foot eleven so <laughs> yeah it, it, it varies completely doesn't it yeah you'd be so surprised at how, how tall these guys get let um, me just check that you said the average so not even the tallest the for, for four centers four centers yeah yeah the, the average size for um i mean as of a couple of years ago could have changed um is six foot six for, for all players in the right. nba uh, which is the average size for for a center in in the in the uk so yeah it differs completely because i mean if if you're just playing a game of pickup with, with with your friends you know if, if you're just six foot or six foot one automatically you're the center whereas you know in, in the nba you can even make point guard with that size it's too small uh, wow so, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, I, I I went to PE college and I played some basketball there. I played at mm. school, uh, but I'm only five nine and a, and a bit. <clears throat> and and uh, I remember they called me up for the team for an actual fixture against another college. <clears throat> I think you know it was almost so you could put it on your CV that you played in the basketball team. And I I. I could run around a lot because I was fit from football, but right. there are all these giants, even at peak, all these people <laughs> I haven't even seen do anything here before suddenly think, where did you come from? You know, giant people. So yeah. I, I can totally relate to all of that. I, and not surprisingly, I didn't make it any further than that one <laughs> game. Well, I, I, I am surprised actually, Tony, because, um, uh, the, the, there's actually been a, a bit of a surge where, where um, so so the, the game of basketball has gone international now, right? We, we're getting more, a lot more European, a lot more African players entering the NBA. And interestingly enough, there, there's so many case studies of people who wanted to be football players, because obviously football is the, the global sport, isn't it? They'd want to yeah. be football players up until the age of like 14. And then they'd look in the mirror and they'd realize, oh, I'm seven foot tall. Maybe I should try <laughs> basketball. Um, and and they'd, they'd pick up basketball. And, and some of them become the the you know some of the best players in the world because um 
yeah and, and, and a lot of people think it's the footwork because you know so, so if, if you take Joel Embiid for example who um, is in the NBA he's, he's about seven foot tall um, he actually only started playing basketball at the age of 14 um, and until then he wanted to be a, a footballer and if you watch his footage now um, you know um, he, he's, he's a center which means he plays very close to the basket um, his footwork is actually phenomenal and a lot of people think that's because he played so much football growing up um, and there's quite a few basketball players like that yeah so it's quite interesting making that uh, connection yeah yeah interesting and so would you say that the MBA because obviously that's become your obsession it is the current state is good are things expanding is it an exciting time um, I, I think it is. Um, a lot of people would say it's not. So uh, the last two years, it's been a bit of a um, downwards trend in terms of um, finances and things. Um, a, a lot of that has to do with the interest from China. So, so China um, aren't actually as interested in, in it as, as um, they once were because of a, a couple of comments made in, uh, I think, 2020. Um, but I, I think overall, it will probably bounce back because it, it's getting quite a lot of international interest. And I, I think a lot more people, I, I found a lot more people in the UK are getting into it and things like that. So um, we're in a bit of a downward trend. I, I think um, part of it is because we, we did have this massive rivalry between the Golden State Warriors and the uh, Cleveland Cavali Cavaliers. So that's, you know, Stephen Curry versus LeBron is a really good narrative. Um, and then um, Golden State Warriors just kind of imploded with with injury and things like that. And, and now uh, where the NBA is at is, is pretty much that there's a lot of teams that could grab a championship at, at any time, really, um, and and I, I I think I think you know that that sort of um, has, has driven some people away, but I think it will harm harness sort of more fans to it because I think that there's sort of more um, team real estate up for grabs. You know, it's, it's not like um, if if you become a fan, you've got to be a Golden State Warrior or a Cleveland Cavaliers. God, I mean, jersey sales must have been amazing like five five years ago. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll probably bounce back in a big way. Um, and, and and I mean net positive right over the last 10 years it's probably it's grown quite a bit so and, I, and you also think because i know that as an nfl fan i know yeah. that nfl is getting huge in the uk i mean there's even talk that the jacksonville jaguars will become uh, a london-based franchise out of mm. out of white hart lane at tottenham um that's been talked about for the you know for goodness knows how long so uh but you know that that has become really huge do you think that some of that will then almost that interest it's okay you know getting drawn into american sports and i guess the big one that a load of people have been talking about basically anyone who's got netflix has talked about it over the last year is the last dance i mean that's what you know i i, I i've got to admit i'll hold my hands up i've never watched an nba game but I, I, I was hooked on yeah. on that series in terms of the personalities, the characters, you know, when you're looking at a Rodman and those sort of people and, you know, the way they were coached, the way they were managed, um, just for, you know, as a, a, a sort of a, a case study in management, in personality and all sorts of different things, let alone uh, sports. Do you think that will provide a shot in the arm that actually that having been such a global hit, more people might start to actually come to the game? Oh, the, the the last dance definitely. So so when the last dance came out, um, I actually just had people messaging me saying, "Connor, how do I get into basketball?" Because they they watched the last dance, and it it, it was like a, a drama. It was just they've actually acting it in the actual documentary, wasn't it? Mm. Um, it, it was just so full of drama, and it's just so interesting. But yeah, I think a lot of sports fans watched it, and I and I think you know um, they they sort of thought, "Huh, basketball could be something for me," because I, I think basketball is, is is so different in terms of you know it's it's scoring like once every like. Like 24 seconds you know um, and, and I think that turns a lot of people off but I, th I think the last dance made people realize oh it's it does have a lot of you know um character-based uh, sport because you know there's a lot of hero ball in basketball um if, if you take the last dance as an example um they they were nothing without Michael Jordan really you know Michael Jordan was the guy who could put the ball into the hoop and with that brings a lot of drama because it, as soon as you know one guy becomes quite pivotal um it, it just adds all of this tension to the game um so yeah, I, I think you know that 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 that's one thing people realized. I, I think another thing that people realized is just how sort of um, influential one player can be on a five-man team, right? A lot of people who are used to to um, 
Oh God, T- Tony, don't kill me. Eleven on a on a football team. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, used to that. Yeah. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I, I almost said twelve. Um, yeah. So it's, as, as soon as people are, are used to having, um, yeah, yeah. As soon as people realise that there's only five people on the the court, um, mm. and, and they all play such different positions and such different roles, um, you, you suddenly realise one person has a massive effect on that team dy- team dynamic, and and you know championships can be won by single players, uh, which a lot of coaches don't like to admit right because that's a terrible thing to say to a locker room um but you know i think that's a pivotal difference between something like football and football i, I don't think i, I mean you, you might disagree with me but but I, I don't think messi could win you a champions league on his own you know whereas in basketball it's, it's a little bit different of course there's nuances there's middle grounds but yeah yeah probably moments of brilliance that could turn a game but not yeah. someone over the course of a season be the only one that could win it win it for you yeah definitely definitely agree there mind you he's not been too bad over the years <laughs> <laughs> no i hear he's a pretty good player yeah <laughs> not, not bad at all just picking up on one point you're making there before about people seeing the last dance and saying how do i get into basketball mm. how do they get into basketball in in this country i mean there's, there's two things there's you looking at the nba but mm. what's the state of the uk game yeah, so um, the, the UK game, the, the BBL, um, I, I'm, I'm not actually, uh, I, I don't follow it too too well, but the, you know, the, you can get fairly cheap tickets to go see them. They play uh, every weekend, I believe, um, and and they're they're dotted all around the country, so um, all around England, I should say. Um, I, I believe there might be one in Scotland. Um, my closest is is Bristol, for example, um, but they're 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 really um, you know great events because because. Uh, they're not huge stadiums they don't have these massive audiences but um it's a really nice vibe in there if you know what i mean there's um you know, you just have one sort of set of, of bleachers um and, and and you might be somewhere that looks a bit like a community hall um but they put on a really good show because you know they're they're all athletes who want to win and they all play really hard um and and you know uh there are people who take their sport really seriously and you will see some really good competition. Um, so definitely look into the BBL. I think the only way to get tickets is the, the BBL website. Um, but then the other thing I will say, which is a bit of a weird recommendation, um, if you do want to see live basketball in the UK, um, just, just for the sort of uh, pure athletic abilities of the players, when the Harlem Globetrotters come to your town, definitely oh. look into the price for them because it's a really good show that they put on and you get a really good... Um, you know, p- p- perceptive of just how athletic you have to be to to do a dunk, and just how skillful you have to be to you know shoot a shot from an NBA three three point distance. Um, I was, was going to say that. Harlem Globetrotters earlier mm. when you were talking. I thought that's probably so left field now. Nobody <laughs> even remember them. But in my childhood, I went to see them on a number of occasions each year when they came over, and I I was gobsmacked by them. And not only were they funny, entertaining, and it was a great routine. They were highly skillful, so I I followed them uh, uh, as a, as a way of getting into basketball. I was obviously for my size and everything else, never a great player, but I was sure as hell enthusiastic. I just wished I could have done some of the things they did because they were brilliant. And just coming back to the British league, Connor, and again, I, I appreciate it's not your sort of your your area of major focus, but do you know is the league are the players in that league full-time professional is are they part-time semi-professional i believe they're part-time i'm, I'm fairly sure i'd, I'd have to mm-hmm. fact check it though um but yeah no so so it, it, uh, basketball in the uk isn't because because i mean uh, there there's full-time players all around europe you know you have the europe league um and, and the bbl is isn't a part of that mm-hmm. um so, so really, um, I mean, I mean we're, we're saying, you know, the last dance, it seems like people in the UK are picking up basketball more. But um, what, what we actually forget is that there is a huge following for basketball in Europe. Um, you know, I, I mean, um, I think statistically basketball is around the fifth most popular sport in the world. And, and not all of that can come from America, you know. So mm. Australia obsessed with their basketball, um, Europe's obsessed with their basketball. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, I think they're semi-pro here, um, but all around Europe, um, there, there are fully professional leagues as well. Um, you know, Real Madrid, for instance, they have a really good uh, basketball team. Yeah. Mm. And so which is, which is your team in the NBA then? And how are um, they getting on? 
my team is 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 the Raptors. So uh, I'll tell you why I'm 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 the Raptors. So in in football, I I support Cardiff, um, and of course they're well. I think at the time they were the only uh, Welsh league in in the Premier uh, Premier League. Um, that's that's I, I think this now Swansea is the only uh, Welsh uh, uh, team in the in the Premier League. But um, I mean the Raptors are the only Canadian. Um, team in the american league so that that really uh, resonated with me <laughs> so I, I i chose the raptors all these years ago i think yeah about seven years ago um okay yeah and they're 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 they're, they're okay they're, they they've um they actually won a championship in 2019 um which was amazing for me i, I remember watching that game at 4 a.m uh with the last shot going in and just absolutely I, I went for a run in the pitch black around the nature reserve i just had so much energy i went to work that day um so yeah they they they, they sort of they won a championship then the best player that we had actually just left the team on, on his own accord believe it or not which was which was some drama um and, and now we're in a bit of a rebuild but we're, we're doing better than we expected yeah definitely but, but but like i said before the whole nba is kind of in this state where it's, it's up for grabs for anyone really um mm. it, it, it's quite strange that there's there's no real team that you can point to and say ah they're they're quite dominant um i mean one, one interesting thing is the golden state warriors so you remember me saying that um you know sort of the cleveland cavaliers versus the golden state warriors um it, it, it's quite interesting what's happened to them so um they they, they sort of imploded with injury um however now People, well, people sort of forgot about them for a while, right? Because none of their players were playing, and, and they they came bottom of the league for about two seasons in a row. Um, and and now all their players have recovered, and and people just sort of forgot that they would be contenders because you know they had some really good good players, which often happens in sport. I think everyone's got this short term memory, don't they? Um, so so as, as soon as they they, they came back, I, th- I think they're second in the Western Conference now. Um, so so I, they could make a, a comeback because they won three championships. So who knows they could win three more which would match the um the chicago bulls uh records uh, well the specific you know michael jordan's chicago bulls so th- th- that's something interesting definitely and mm. so when does the season finish when when and is it like is is there a, a basketball equivalent of the super bowl um yeah so so there's nba finals right so um this is one thing i really like uh about american sports so i i i do really like a playoffs um i, I in 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 the nfl they have playoffs don't they have, am i right in saying yeah. that or, yeah 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 so um the the playoffs start around uh june um actually no i should say they start i'm not very good with months um i think they start around may yeah may and then um the, the the nb finals then will, will be around uh june um and and all, all the nba games are are best of seven right so you need to win for to to go on to the next round so um so uh, unfortunately with with um nba finals it can be quite climactic so uh, anticlimactic i should say um i i know the, the super bowl happens every year it's, it's, it's a really big event so i'm not sure how that you have to explain how that sort of um is parallel to this but um you, you sort of so so you you progress as you would in a normal you know uh playoffs uh, and then when you get to the finals you still need to win the best out of um seven so you still need to win four so so in in theory um one team could just be win four times in a row um and the other team could just get no wins in in that um specific uh uh series mm. um so then you know the, the, then it's quite anticlimactic because you have one one team that was clearly dominant and they just absolutely swept the other team um was you know a, a really good finals which happened um like the, i think it's not recently biased I, I think a lot of people say one of the best uh finals were in 2016 um which was again <laughs> warriors versus cavaliers and um uh warriors had um the the Cavaliers down three to one, um, and then they blew that three-one lead because the the uh, which has never happened before. The Cavaliers came back to bring it up to, to three, three and three, mm-hmm. and that's like a true finals, isn't it? Because it's winner takes all. Yeah, that um, final game is is, is yeah. it, it all rides on that final game. Yeah, exactly. So so Cavaliers won that one, but am I right in thinking that the Super Bowl is a winner take all game it's, every yeah, year? Yeah, it's or? a one off. Yeah. So basically, right. it would be almost like a a, a cup. They have the league tournament and then the teams that qualify from their pools just go into one-off knockout games 
until you get the final two. So I, I'm I'm guessing that the NBA finals is a bit closer then to the World Series in term, in baseball, where you have again, is it best of seven in the yeah. in the finals? And and would those say say it was four nil um, to one team? Would those final three games, although they're dead rubbers, would they be played or not? Would would they just say you guys have won it because you've won four nil? Oh yeah, no, sorry, it's, it's pretty much first of four. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> I should really stop saying but, uh, best of best of seven. Really, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, first four, and then and then and then that's it. So, um, which which is, um, I, I mean, to make it even more anticlimactic, I, I think. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not. Sure, I'm not quite sure how it works. If 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 you sweep, um, I'm not sure automatically which stadium you play in. But they do. They they do share the stadium. So so you can very often um, win in in the opposing team stadium, which is yeah, which is a bit of a blow, yeah. isn't it? And 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 I think some teams have accused of of. Um, losing games when they've been so dominant so they might get to three and then they might lose a game so that the next one they can actually play at home and and get the win at home yeah <laughs> people so, again there, there was something fishy about that one <laughs> yeah some, yeah some people definitely uh, call them out for that sort of thing yeah <laughs> but it, Connor, if somebody's listening to you and thinking i quite like the idea of basketball never done it mm. in a couple of sentences what is it that's so great about basketball? I mean, you clearly are an authority on the subject. What would it be? What would those points be? Yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, what, what's great about basketball? So so playing basketball, I, I think, is great because it, it's something where you don't need too much, right? Right. I mean, I mean, you obviously need the hoop, um, but you can really just pick up a ball um, and, and just start shooting. You know, it, it's, it's really fun. I mean, I mean um, as, as fun as football is, you know, it's, it's I, I would argue it's a bit more adrenaline rushing to just just shoot on an empty um, basketball hoop than to kick a ball into an empty net. Right. You, you need, sort of need a goalkeeper to make it a bit more uh, spicy and exciting yeah. <laughs> to get yeah. some enjoyment out of that. So 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 the, the one thing I'd, I'd say about playing basketball is, is yeah, it's, if, it, if it's just you and the hoop, um, it's, it's actually still really enjoyable to play. Play. and if, if someone comes into the park and asks for a 1v1 then it's you know it gets even more enjoyable than that so it's it's, it's a really good one to just pick up a, a basketball you know they're they're really cheap from sports direct and you just go, go to your local um basketball hoop i've even got one in my little village now they're they're, they're pretty much everywhere and you, and you can just uh, sort of shoot away um and then you know playing uh watching it sorry um I, i'd advise anyone to to try watching it because you know th th there's so many things going on right so first of all you got giants I, I think they're they're really exciting right and seeing, seeing giants just run up and down the the court i i, I mean you know you, you'll see someone who looks really small compared to the rest of them and you'll actually be six foot five <laughs> you know um so, so so you've got that sort of aspect to it which, which draws people in to, to begin with uh, along with that you know dunking is really exciting really isn't it the, the actual athletic um ability of someone to to jump and put a ball that's <coughs> that's 10 feet in the air you know that that's absolutely amazing in itself um and then you know as, as soon as you, you've, you've sort of watched that the, the the nuances then you know begin to show i think because you know um as, as soon as you start thinking about the three-point shot um you know as, as, as soon as someone is far enough away from the basketball that they can shoot from three-point distance all of a sudden um the the, the uh, defending team will have to go up and defend them and what so i, I think this is like the the main um sort of point of basketball in in today's world anyway um so so as soon as the opposing team comes up to meet them at the three-point line that then opens up the entire court and then i think that's where the, the beautiful game is played right because uh, as soon as everything opens up because of those players who can get it in from so, so far away um a, a players just have so much more movement to be able to run these intricate plays in order to you know beat the opposition and, and actually get the basket so um th that's what i like about basketball right you, you can sh mm. show people and, and they'll be amazed at these uh, massive seven feet people who jump really high in the air. And then as, as soon as they, you, you start watching it, it becomes like, you know, a sort of fine wine or a, a whiskey and, and you sort of see the nuances and the intricacies of it, um, which I think is great. And then um, the, the last point I'd, I'd say is um, 
you, you know when you watch like that american college film or whatever and and they they say oh there, there's two seconds on the clock and someone's got to shoot it you know um you're probably familiar with that right and and, and yeah. all the tension is on on one person's shoulders and and you, you watch those films and you think no that, that that probably can't happen in basketball they've just sort of made made that scene up to make it you know really dramatic but in reality that happens quite a lot you know um so so what while while you think oh that you know these baskets are a dime a dozen um i mean obviously as soon as the basket is caught scored in the third quarter you couldn't possibly get as as excited about it as their football (laughs) a football goal you know um Mm. because i mean mean, football goals are amazing because you get like four maximum usually a game um but but having said that, you know, in the fourth quarter, when when you know it's, it's ninety six to ninety six, and and there's only two seconds left on the clock because it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden, you, you know, the tactic is to get it to your best player, and have him try to score score a basket, and that has so much tension and drama in it. So e- even though you might think, oh, I'm probably going to fall asleep because there's Fifty baskets scored on on for each team in a game. Um, the, the, the last bu- uh, the last bucket can be really really exciting. Not all the time. Obviously, sometimes you have a blowout. Um, but I'd, I'd say that's a last point that, that there is actually some really dramatic um, moments in in basketball. So you're never going to get like a nil nil uh in basketball the way you would in, in say football or you know something like that so C- always... C- certainly not nil nil <laughs> that would be an awful <laughs> game and i i i'd worry for those um basketball players jobs but um no um so um i i, I believe there is a point where they stop doing overtimes because essentially if, if it is um level by the overtime and they they do do an, they'll do another overtime i believe i believe there's a limit and they will call it a draw at some point i've never seen it happen and i've never heard of it happening so mm. you, you very very yeah i mean i mean every time pretty much um eventually in one of the overtimes um one of the teams will have a higher score because obviously they, they end up on you know 126 to 127 or, or something you know, that they're statistically very unlikely to end you know be on a stalemate for that long um so yeah it's, it's pretty much yeah every time i've watched a basketball game certainly and I've, I've not heard of any in history um there's definitely a winner to each game so, so all the all the top questions from null and void who is the tallest current player and who is the smallest how small are they oh so so current player i i believe you're talking about um oh what's his name uh oh it's, it's uh Oh, it's, 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 it's name slipped my mind now that you mentioned it. But yeah. I, I, I will tell you of all time that, that those are my favorite because uh, mm-hmm. so so of, of all time, uh, Manute Bowl is the oh B- Boban Marjanovic for the Dallas Mavericks. Sorry, that's the current tallest one. He's seven foot four. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, but but the tallest in NBA history is, is Manute Bowl. Um, and I, I I could talk about Manute Bowl all, all day because he's actually really, really interesting. He was seven foot seven. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little bit controversial because there's there's a guy called George Murison who's also seven foot seven, but people believe Manute Bowl was was um, was taller. And are you guys are okay for a few facts about Manute Bowl? Because I just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so um <laughs> So uh, yeah, so he, he came from a tribe from from Africa. I can't remember what African country now, but interestingly enough, out of his sort of close relatives, he was the shortest. He was the runt of the litter. So I think his dad was seven foot nine, <laughs> believe it or not. So uh, before he before the NBA, um, he killed a lion, and his favorite story to tell is about how he killed the lion. <laughs> so you can imagine, like this guy is absolutely amazing. Um, so and, and and so statistically, one of the, the, the coolest thing about Manute Bowl is is that um, he has more. Um, career blocks then he does points which is ridiculous because um you know blocks you, you're very lucky to get about two a game you know um and whereas whereas with, with points a lot of players score 20 a game you know um but but minute bowl um average 3.3 i think blocks a game and he uh his, his points are less than that so that's, is, that's is a really block blocking a pass or blocking oh a sorry shot? sorry it's always blocking a shot so so if okay. you block a pass that counts as an intercept um, and that'll actually count as a steal in the in the stat books. Um, but a block is yeah, when someone goes up to shoot, um, the opposing player will then put their hand up in the air 
um, to stop the ball from going into the rim, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, he, he just got so many a game, which which is amazing. Um, and then the, the last one, he, he only weighed 200 pounds for, for a seven foot seven guy. So yeah. um, I, I, I don't know where this is myth, uh, legend, or if this is real, but apparently they got him to drink beer constantly, um, e- even on the bench. This was back in the, the 70s, I think, um, just to put on some weight because <laughs> um, he was just so, so skinny. Um, so yeah, he's, he's really interesting. So I, I, I could talk about meatball all day. <laughs> hey, Tony, I told you that I had the nutritional regime of an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not recommended. Don't try at home. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, at home, I'm yeah. just about two foot two short. That's all yeah. it is. <laughs> Just, yeah. just that. No, I mean, uh, some fantastic uh, information there, uh, Connor. And th- the thing that interests me about that is presumably you're able to watch anything and everything at all sorts of weird hours in the morning. I know and Andy does that with NFL. Uh, what, what channels can, if people listen to this and think, uh, I'd like to, actually like to watch some of this. Yeah. What's the best channel to see it on, really? Yeah, so so there's a few, right? So um, um, I, I would say if you're just getting into it, um, YouTube, because you um, so so essentially Sky owns a lot of the the sport uh, the basketball stuff in the UK. Um, so and, and what they'll do to try and get people hooked, um, which you can you know follow suit to try and get hooked, is um, that they'll put a lot of their um, basketball games on YouTube free for anyone. So um, I, I'm not sure where you could find it, but if if, if you look up um, yeah. the Sky schedule, I'm sure that they'll tell you when when one's on YouTube. Um, so so yeah, that, that way you get to watch um, at least one you know completely free. Um, if you do already have Sky, like a nice big Sky package, then then you're pretty much set because they they have it all on there. Um, and, and and you should be able to um, yeah just just that they have so many which you can just uh, go in and watch, um, and then the other thing is is uh, NBA League Pass right so you can buy directly from the NBA um, a League Pass and the nice thing about them is that they come in all shapes and sizes so you can imagine I have the one where you have to pay over a hundred quid for and I have access to absolutely everything um, and there's lots of like extras there's you know documentaries on there as well um, and and there's a, even even the weird camera thing so so you can watch them in um, in different ways where you're, you're sort of courtside and things like that so really weird gimmicks if, if, if you pay for the full package mm-hmm. um but if, if you do resonate with the team um you can also go for a package where um you, you can follow one team which i think is quite nice um you can follow that team all throughout season um and obviously that's uh, much cheaper they much cheaper than that is one where i think you you pay a subscription you you get um two or three games games a month something like that so if you want to just watch one a week and um, that's that's a really good option too so definitely look up um nba league pass and then um look up sky and see if they have any on youtube and if you have sky then jobs are good and you you should be set to go um if you just look it up on your sky box set fantastic well, i know I, I went for exactly the same thing the game pass with the uh NFL, which gives you, I went for the full package, gives you right. every game. And the great thing is as well with, you know, a, an NFL game can take three hours with all the stop starts for, for 60 yeah. minutes of play. They do what they call a game in 40, where they cut out all the, all the stoppages, all the changeovers, all the adverts. And it's just purely the, the time the ball is in play. So, you know, you can get through right. one or two of those in a weekend with, you know, very quickly uh, on the treadmill or something. And then, uh, and then also then the highlights packages as well. So yeah, certainly there's lots of options there for fans. But yeah, I like the I like the sound of a, a league pass and and that one, as you say, for for if anyone's a diehard fan of a certain team, to be able to just follow that team. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think Man United don't do one of those, do they, Tony? Your your beloved Man United. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I've got Sky and BT, and they're on most of the time. I'm pleased to say. <laughs> but I, I tell you what, yeah, good of you to spare the time, given all your viewing, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, to be with us tonight and to give us an insight into, yeah, I, I think it's fair to say since those PE days, haven't given it too much attention to uh, as a sport, but it clearly is a fascinating sport. And uh, if you'll come back and talk to us come the end of the season, uh, when that gets to some sort of conclusion oh, or just before then, that will be absolutely brilliant we promised to do that yeah brilliant shall, shall i make a, a hot take on who's going to win this year yes so yeah we'll okay here we right. go we'll hold you to this uh okay i I've, I've not actually thought about this because I've, I've not actually been too interested i'm i'm going to say i do think 
Golden State will win it this year for the for the first time in yeah a few years. Now that's my prediction. So we'll see right. if I'm right. There we <laughs> I go. Need to make fun of me if I'm not. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's recorded. It's locked in the vault, the null and void vaults now. So uh, yeah, when you come back to uh, talk about the uh, the the final, the uh, championship games uh, toward the end of the season, then we can uh, we can see how close you were. Yeah, I really look forward to it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Connor, that's great. Thank you ever so much. Nice, nice to meet you. See you later, mate. Bye. Thanks, bye. Bye. Yeah, excellent. I mean, a, a real insight there and, and real knowledge. I mean, that's uh, on a par with your NFL knowledge, I think, Andy. <laughs> and <laughs> no, beyond. Put, puts my yeah my knowledge of the NFL to shame. That's uh, that's someone who's, who's obviously you know uh, we we talk about being sports nuts, and that's obviously a fellow sport. We're in the company of a fellow sport nut there in terms of a an NBA nut. So uh, yeah. yeah, it just shows that sports nuts come in all variety Sweet. of uh, yeah. sports and uh, uh, games that they enjoy. So yeah, really yeah. great to have Connor on and. Uh, and talking about his interest and how how he got into the game, you know, sort of uh, from from as you say, it not being as mainstream in the UK as it is in other no. countries. He certainly knows his stuff. So that was excellent. Uh, slightly different tonight, rather than going to a second guest, and I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, I actually want to talk about another winter sport, ice hockey in the UK. Well, the nice thing about that is it's also another um, big, you know, if you think about the American sports, the big three are NBA, NHL, the Hockey League, and and NFL, the Football League. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's got links with a lot of things we've talked about tonight. Well, we we haven't covered it on um, uh, Null and Void before, as far as I'm aware. But uh, first, I want to tell you a story. And it's about a friend of mine called Harry Robinson. I've known Harry over many years, first through business and sport, but then uh, as a friend over years and years. A number of years ago, his much-loved wife died suddenly, and it was a massive blow to Harry. There's no doubt about it, as you can imagine. And in recent years, Harry has stoically dealt with a number of health issues. Harry, for many years, was involved with Basingstoke Bisons, the ice hockey team. There's the link. He supported the running of the club over a 10-year period at least, always encouraging youngsters to take up the sport, apart from his own kind of managing role. Harry, apart from being in business, spent many years also as a Basingstoke council councillor. And he did great work with Old Basing Cricket Club as well. So outside of ice hockey, uh, again, encouraging youngsters to take up the sport. So he's just a thoroughly good guy. Uh, I wanted Harry to come on Null and Void as a guest tonight. But to be frank, he wasn't well enough. And, you know, I said that I would like to still do a piece about ice hockey and himself. But I'd like to suggest that Harry Robinson is named one of our local heroes for his great work on in local sport in the Basingstoke area and local government. Well done, Harry Robinson. Now, back to ice hockey, just to give you some detail. Again, it's a sport that I have seen, obviously. In fact, I've been down with Harry watching uh, uh, the Basingstoke Bison. Um, but just to tell you, Basingstoke Bison, this is just current information that for those that don't follow the sport. They play in the National Ice Hockey League. Now, just again, information, six players at any one time are allowed on the ice. Usually that's one goal tender, two defence and three attack. They play three 20-minute periods. After the first two of those, which are consecutive, they have a break between. Bison's head coach is Ashley Tate. At the moment, they're in this National League and they're seventh out of nine teams. Their captain is Elliot Dewey. Normally at Basingstoke, uh, when they play, they have crowds between as low as 200 because they have teams from a long way away. I think one of them is in Scotland. uh, And up to 1,000. Now, as it happens... This weekend, 
their face-off at 6.30 on Saturday is against their big, big local rivals, Bracknell Bees. So 6.30 up there, ice drinking in, in uh, Basingstoke. So go to the website if you're interested locally uh, to have a look. And you'll need to move quickly, I think, because it'll be a complete sellout. So we at Null and Voiders will wish them all the best and a big cheer also for Harry Robinson. Get well soon, mate. And he is our local hero for tonight. Here, here on the uh, local hero side of things. Yeah, I think that's uh, great that the support he's given the, the club over the years. So uh, fantastic. And hopefully at some point uh, further further down the road, when he's uh, on the mend, he'll be able to join us and talk about the uh, talk about the, the Bisons in a bit more detail. But uh, yeah, I, I certainly remember as a kid going and watching, um, uh, I, I forget which what the name of the team was, because again, like American sports, I like to give the teams a name, but it was certainly the Oxford uh, Oxford team in the ice rink there. And uh, such a fast moving game, you know, you sort of almost at times struggling to see you know, on the television, you can see it quite easily, but they're at ground level trying to see where the puck actually is. And they hit each other at such immense speed. I mean, they're, they're, they're some tough characters there. I mean, I think it's always the case that there's going to be altercations just by the way the game's played, the pace it's played at and the confrontation that comes. I mean, so really entertaining. And I say they, it, it is one of the most watched indoor sports in the country, apparently. You know, so uh, wow. that, that's to their credit as, as a sport. But as I said, it's nice to uh, celebrate it via Harry Robinson tonight and say well done to him as our new local hero. So I'm sure we'll be more of that later. Um, and, and that kind of brings us to a close on there. I mean, um, we'll see uh, what you get from the Russians in the, in the post in the next few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> as, but I say, you, as long as uh, Mr. Putin's great, great uncle Raz doesn't turn up on the doorstep, I think I'll be OK. <laughs> then, then you start to worry. Yeah. But uh, if as ever with the, uh, the, the different sports we've had tonight, we hope you've enjoyed that. Any comments, listen out at the end of the podcast. Uh, to get in contact with us. We'd be delighted to hear from you. And again, next week, more varieties of sports coming your way through some fabulous guests. Thanks very much for being with us. Yeah, thanks, folks. And uh, like, like we always say, um, we love talking to people from all sorts of different sports, as you've seen tonight with Connor, you know, a sport that Tony and I didn't know much about, but still love talking to people about their sports. So if you know of anyone who's got an interest in a, a sport or you yourself have got an interest in a sport and would like to come on and chat with us about that sport and why you believe that's such a great sport and you really enjoy it, then please do get in touch. And uh, we'd love to have you on as one of our guests. So yeah, listen out for the contact details at the end. Okie dokie. Hope you're with us next week. You better be. We'll see you then. Cheers Take then. care, folks. Bye. Bye. Null and Void with Tony Grundy and Andy Callahan. Together, they don't add up to much. If you have a sports story, you can contact the team on nandv at forthenow.co.uk.